Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We say things that don't mean anything, but thanks for listening. Oh, shit. Okay. Hey, guys. Welcome to We Say Things episode... Oh, 46. My name is Suns Fan. Joining me is Cinderin. I said, oh shit, because I'm not. It's a new intro screen, as you can see. Uh, not used to when it ends because I can't actually hear the intro. So, got to get oh. used to that. Cinderin, our Patreon uh, is doing quite well. We, we got a yeah. lot of support, as you can see from all the names on that intro screen. Pretty awesome. Thank you, guys. Yeah, that's been super awesome. We didn't really know what to expect after the first week, but the support has been really, really good. So, thank you, everybody, very much for, uh, for contributing to the podcast. Uh, we obviously have some special shout-outs for the, for the In Bruges tier. I feel like I will do the first half and you do the second half. If okay. If you remember, what was it we used to do? Yeah, we used to split the ratings when we did ratings. We split those half and half. So now this is the yeah. new rating segment. We're going to rate their names. We're going to rate the names of our biggest supporters. Who are you going to give an F? No, <laughs> we're not going to do that. Okay, so how many are there in total? I think well, there's 14 names to shout out for this episode, which is really awesome. So thank you guys very much. All right, we got Bendy, Connor Powell, D. Gauze, Dyslexic Lawyer, <laughs> GG Gamer anonymous okay well why do you even want to be shouted out then uh and milos gavrilovich so anonymous is well obviously i know who it is they wanted to stay anonymous but i figured it you know anonymous so it is what it is also shout out to oh boy you left me with a hard name is it nived rajagopal sounds like an indian name i I don't know how to pronounce nived we have no perch black I got the weird ones, man. It's yeah, it's not pitch black, but it's perch black. Look, Ronnie Keel, Terry Tip, the Coward, Fellowship of the Ping, which is a group of guys actually, and Vincent Moore. Thank you for contributing to the In Bruges tier, friends. Appreciate the it. Fellowship of the Ping is a pretty good name for a team. Yes, it's I, pretty. I agree. It's pretty good. I like pretty it. good. Pretty good. So you know what else is pretty good, Cinderin? Uh, I um, watched a. Uh, I watched a movie this last week. Oh, yes. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. And it might... So I'm not going to say this... So I'm... Okay. Let me just start with... I think it's one of the... If maybe the best movie I've seen in the last like three or four years. But I cannot give that as an actual statement until I've seen it again. Because I'm a big believer in watching movies again just to get the the true uh, feeling behind it, whether you actually like it or not. Who would have thought that we would be on the opposite end there? I never really rewatch movies. I mean, I never oh, really shocker. watched them the first time. Yes. Uh, but if I watch a movie, I there's very few movies that I've watched more than once, even though I really liked them. Because I feel like the second time, I, I don't know. I, I just wouldn't be nearly as interested. I think a big part of me, uh, a big part of movies for me is suspense. I think that plays a huge role for me. If I know what the plot is, it's not. Like it's, just, I just don't feel like watching a movie the second time. Honestly, just that's gr- that's because you're an idiot. 
So anyway, yeah, back to the uh, the point at hand. Quite possible, but I'm sure. Uh, listen up, I'm sure there's a lot of people with me on this one. Okay, there's a lot of people in both camps, hundred percent. There's plenty of people like me that I only think... really watch movies once. There is no way. No, no, I agree. I just think you're in the vast minority. Hmm. I'm not saying actually. You think that's a vast minority? I I think like by vast, I would say twenty percent of people are maybe on your side. Wow. Okay. That like I'm not saying you need to rewatch to every movie. If you really like, if if you have a list in your head of your top ten movies, of course you're going to see it more than once. Otherwise, it's not a top ten movie because you don't actually know if it was good. Maybe it was just a good first impression, and the second time you watch it, it's fucking garbage. That could be the case. What are the odds of that? Like how pretty that, good. How I've that had ever a few. Makes sense that. Well, then well, you're the. No, no, no. <laughs> it doesn't mean it's. It this doesn't is mean such it's a gar- great movie, and then you watch it again. Nah, man, I was wrong. It's not good at all. I mean, part of it well, is of the course movie it's going to be worse the second well. time. It's it, going to be worse the second time every time. That's not true. I've actually liked movies possible? more the second time. How is that possible? Because you end up understanding. Oh, here's the other thing: you appreciate some movies more. Like, let's say there's a big twist, right? You can't appreciate all the little hints they put in in the earlier stages of the movie because right. you don't remember half of I get that. I get that 100%. I get that there's more depth when you watch it the second time. I just feel like what are the chances that it's a more enjoyable experience than the first time that you didn't know what the plot was? I mean, generally speaking, uh, yes. Watching surprising. a movie again will probably be a little bit worse in most cases. Not always, but most cases. But I would say most people are on Team Suns fan wow. here, Cinder. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah, we'll yeah, you see don't you haven't even watched one of the greatest movies of all time in Bruges yet. But speaking of greatest movies, again, have to watch this again just to double check on that. You know, I, I take mm-hmm. this seriously. There's a movie right. called The Gentleman. That's gentleman with an E N, not an A N. So it's it's plural. Right. If you liked, if you guys have taken my advice and watched In Bruges, I 100% promise you, you will love The Gentleman. It's fucking yeah. really good. Colin Farrell. It's on my well. it's on my list of movies I have to watch. Great. Can't no. wait for that year when that happens. Yeah. You know, maybe, have you noticed that things have gone to shit ever since uh, you s- said you would watch In Bruges and haven't? Well, I, why? I mean, 2020 has been a disaster, Cinder. I mean, you <laughs> yeah, don't know. Sure. It could be related to you not watching In Bruges. We don't know. This meme might have right. just yeah. taken hold the, of the world. It's it's possible. That would be a pretty big burden for me to carry the rest of my life if I caused the corona outbreak by not watching a movie. <laughs> but, you know. Like, uh, another movie. I can't say with full certainty that everything isn't connected in the world. You never yeah. know. You can't That's prove it. Fair enough. Uh, as I watch movies now, I'm just going to casually bring them up, by the way, uh, as recommendations. Because I know a lot of people have good taste in movies like me. You know, Somebody in the chat is saying Knives Out. I watched that. That was quite good as well. I wouldn't put it on the same tier as In Bruges or The Gentleman. And, but that's personally. because you only watched it once, Shannon. The second time, it's a masterpiece. So you definitely have to watch it again I mean, to make sure. That movie, actually, yeah, you probably should watch it the second time, Knives Out. Mm. Uh, but I have not. Uh, anywho, getting on to the actual podcast, Cinderman. Uh, Alliance has changed their roster. So when we're recording this, this is it's really March 31st. New. It's very close yeah. to April Fool's, Cinderman. Yeah. Very there close. Is Literally 0% chance that this is April Fool's. And I hear some okay. people saying that that could be what it is. There is no fuck. This is the worst April Fool's of all time. <laughs> You're not going to fucking s- shoot yourself in the foot with your brand like this. That's- imagine in the end, imagine they announced I was just a joke. How furious people would be. <laughs> That's just shit. Like, there's no fucking way. I mean, I'd find it funny personally, but I, yeah. maybe I'm I mean, yeah, we have a little bit of a dark sense of humor, but not everybody does. And... 
it's really disrespectful to the fans if you tell them their team is changing then you're like lol no just kidding we're not changing mm. i guess right. it's a really bad look so let's just get that out of the way there is literally zero chance that this is happening it's more likely that ufos are us from the future than this being an april fool sham what what say that again are you sure i want you to be real here for a second you're saying there's more of a chance I mean, it was kind of an exaggeration because I think both of them are really far. You're not one to exaggerate, Cinder. That's the only reason I'm bringing this <laughs> no. up. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Anywho, uh, yeah. So yeah. the Let's changes that were made: it. Fada and 33 have been kicked. Uh, you wrote down some notes here. This came out like literally 10 minutes ago in terms of uh, on yeah, our it's, timeline. It's a few hours there. old only. Um, 10 minutes. 10 so, minutes ago, like yeah. I said. Few, 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 few <laughs> minutes ago. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> The changes are Fata and 33 were out in the official statement. It's kind of implied that they were removed from the roster. And then there's a confirming tweet from Fata saying that he and 33 did not see it coming at all. But now they're going to take a short break and then rebuild. I'm honestly, we've seen some some roster changes during this podcast. I think this is the number one most surprising one for me, actually. I, I did not see this coming at all. And I don't really know what the plan is. I'm like trying to wrap my head around what they could be doing. Uh, the official speculation right now that I'm reading that I agree with is S4 is coming back. It's Alliance. S4 has been out for a while. He's an offlane player. He's super experienced. He could be looking to captain. So maybe he plays offlane and, and captain role or he plays support and captain role. Um, either way, I have no idea who the other player would be. Like there's actually, I just don't, I, I don't know. I'll tell you it's not me. So I don't it know. It could be. What's it, it could be. Is there a but larger? Not, so. What's a better chance, the alien thing or you going on a? <laughs> <laughs> okay, now you're just being fucking rude. Um, Sorry, continue. I, I apologize. Yeah, I, I, I just don't know, and they haven't announced it. I haven't really had. I've been talking a little bit to thirty three lately. Um, so, but I haven't had a chance to talk to him because this is so new. Like, I have no idea what's going on. I don't know if they know who they're being replaced by. I don't know if they've actually decided on replacements or if they've decided we want change and now we're finding out what that change is. Because sometimes teams make roster changes before they have the replacement. Um, it, it does happen occasionally where it's just like, okay, this is not going to work. We want to do something different and now we're going to find out what we do. But mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know. It's really surprising. I think they've been doing really well. I think their results went probably beyond what we expected, both of us. Uh, I think the community has been happy their fans have been happy alliance is on the map again for the first time in a long time uh the last time alliance felt this good was probably yeah when was the last really good alliance oh it's been a while years the, the last ti showing was ti6 right and that was while they still had bulldog and s4 that was their last like hurrah in a big they time got i think um is it ti6 the that got wrecked was the Manila Major was after that, I think. So I'll agree with you on one thing here. Uh, so obviously we don't know the inside story, but we can speculate because that's what we do. Mm -hmm. That's the fun part about yeah. this job. Uh, even if Wait, we're they have horribly, good points too. Let's mention that they have good TPC points too. Right? Yeah, true. So what happens again? Uh, the players don't keep them. It's uh, now with the team, the org. Do they lose 20% right? points per player that leaves? Is that how it works? They lose a percentage. I don't know if it's 20 but yeah, I actually don't remember this by heart. This system has been changed so many times. Yeah, but that's I'm the pretty issue. sure there is a penalty. Uh, uh, so again, without knowing anything about the situation, uh, 
Fata, you know, he's had, I'm not saying this is what happened, but he's definitely had some issues in the past with some of his teams in terms of being a little bit toxic. He was the captain, right? Of this squad? Yes. He's playing position five. Fata, so, was, Fata was captain, yeah. So as far as we know, something could be related to that. 33, I don't know much about. I've never heard anything negative about him. So I, again, I don't know if it's anything relating to that whatsoever. Or like you said, maybe it's more about S4 who... I told the story before when we were trying to invite Alliance to Midas mode over the summer. He was completely <laughs> MIA. Like, not no, literally no one, not even Kelly or Loda could get in contact with him. He was just off the grid. And as far as I know, he's been off the grid for six months. Yeah. He could he be was back. off the grid. And now Alliance finally <laughs> managed to reach him with a phone call. They're like, hey, yeah. man, you want to play? It's like, oh, <laughs> I didn't like, know you guys uh, wanted me. Okay. Oh, I guess shit. I could play Dota. Yeah. So if he's uh, coming reason, back, it would be like a package deal with something, somebody else, if they're going to get rid of two people, right? Yeah, the reason this seems likely is that S4 has been casting a couple of games uh, with OD Pixel in oh, the yeah. uh, right. We Save Charity tournament that is also concluded. Um, so that, on top of this, uh, makes it more believable, I guess, Um that that is what is going to happen. Speaking of that tournament, by the way, I guess we should do a short recap on that. I don't really want to get into the details too much because it was, obviously, it was a charity tournament. Uh, the teams will have maybe different approach to how they play these games. Uh, from what we knew, all of the matches were played for charity. So I don't want to think too seriously about drafts or results uh, showing too much about actual team strength, but just an awesomely successful tournament overall. Like... Uh, they got tons of support. I would say the viewership was really good for a charity tournament like that. We play are running very, very well-organized tournaments and are in super high regard among the community. I think among tournament organizers, this is probably the most overwhelming positive response to any organizer ever in Dota. I can remember seeing. Uh, ESL has had their highs. Dream League have had their highs. Uh, we have had our highs with Captain's Draft. Uh, but this seems like really... They are getting so much support, so I'm I'm expecting them to get something big in the next season, uh, probably. Like we've talked about before. Yep, um, they've grinded. Again, that's concluded. They've started they from the bottom and consistently given amazing content. So, uh, yep. hope to see Good them stuff. something major. So, second in addition, team, yes, second new team, Cinderin. If we uh, want to keep, ahead. we need to keep a bit on track today. This is actually a lot to talk about. Surprisingly, we got a lot of new stuff out of nowhere. Um, so, Gunner that I'm sure some people are familiar with. Not as famous as S4 by any means, but uh, an upcoming name uh, who almost qualified for TI. What's that to say? Was that necessary? <laughs> Gunner is so shit Gunner, compared to S4, but... You probably never heard of him, but... Nah, not, but okay, there's go a good ahead. chance. Uh, actually, I think some of our listeners have not heard of this player because some people only really watch TI or majors, and he has not been there just yet. As talent, um, he was. True. Actually, true. He was talent for TI. I forgot he's that. He's been yeah, invited to right. more TIs than me so far, Senator. He's doing. He's having a better career than me. So he's, Haven't you if, been invited to TI? If he's not famous, I'm not famous at all. Oh, you've got second in, at TI. So. I was invited for TI4 as the secondary, the, the noob stream. Oh, right. Yeah. So I was never on the main stream. Yeah. I mean, you've been to the anyway. same number, though. Or you've been to more. Anyway, just yes. shut up and continue with the topic. Okay. What happened with Gunner? I'm really I think, interested. I now. think you're great. Yeah. Really so Gunner has made a team, and obviously in in classic, he he's young. So their team is called Team Four Zoomers and a Vegan. 
We'll Who's just leave vegan? it at that. We're not we're not going to give our read on this. Apparently, Monkeys Forever is a vegetarian. It's a meme oh. in his stream that he's a vegan. Um, oh, I see. So, okay. And he's the only guy who isn't mega young or something. I don't know. Uh, but the team is Sammy Boy, Gunner, Monkeys, o- Ocean, and Husky. Ocean, I've never heard of. I don't... I've played very little in a Dota. Uh, Husky, I am familiar with from seeing on other streams, and I played, I think, one game against him. Uh, I have absolutely no idea how promising this team is. There's a couple of names I know, mainly Gunner and Monkeys. Uh, Sammy, I've heard some stuff about. These guys have been involved in quite a lot of drama. I'm not talking like shady shit or whatever, just interpersonal drama in the NA scene. So yeah. I'm sure it's spicy, but as far as how good this team is, I have literally no clue. I couldn't tell you how good they are I mean, uh, it's, on paper. I yeah. just don't know how good these players this are. This is one of those teams so. that it feels like, and again, who knows what will happen, but it it feels like one of those teams where if they f- have a good showing, then a couple players will get poached for a real org, right? Which is unfortunate. Possibly. We've talked about how we don't like that, but it is right. the reality of the situation in most cases. Um, NA right now is not a very strong region. So when we get into qualifier season or even these online leagues, a team like this has a pretty good chance at a podium finish or at least top six. So... You know, if you make any team in NA right now with five good players, even if they don't have amazing chemistry or really good strategic depth or whatever, uh, you can get pretty far compared to other regions, I would say, because the the pool in NA is not that deep right now, as it has been in the past. We've had times when NA had like three or four really good teams. Right now, doesn't really seem to be the case. Three or four Uh, really good teams. Yeah, I think... The TI-8 era was probably the peak. There were... Who was it? There was EG. Then there was VGJ Storm. And I'm trying to remember the third team, but both of those got top eight, right? There was one more team around that time that was also really good. Maybe they didn't make TI, but were still good. Um, okay. When you say really it, it, good, it, you're just, you don't mean really I mean, good. Okay. It depends. Just, I just mean, being top, six, top 16 in the world is really good, right? Yeah, like, but it's that one turn. Honestly. I mean, let's be real. Okay. It's still our really team good. DC got second in NA. I wouldn't consider that yeah. a, a really good team. That was not a really good team. We just got it was one of those uh, fluke tournaments. We we're good on well, paper. In Sometimes that tournament, really you good. were really good. You okay. can't deny it. Yeah, in you that weren't lucky we were... to get second. You were lucky that you hit your stride. But the team played really yes. fucking well and drafted really well. So it was I a great agree. tournament. I completely agree with you, Cinder. Thank you so yeah. much for complimenting me on all my coaching skills. Anyway. Uh, moving on. 7.25b came out, Cinderin. Yeah. Uh, well, Ice Frog apparently loves your suggestions and hates mine. The fountain yes. has been untouched. Thank you, Ice Frog. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the trusty shovel now comes with one TP instead of two. And oh, yeah. the kill streak thing too. That's kind of a bigger. Yeah. Thing. The kill streak thing got fixed really quick or changed. I don't know if I call it a fix because it wasn't bugged. It was just not good. I think. So what they did was they changed. We were talking about this last episode on how the killstreak experience is way too severe, especially in the early game. So they changed it from starting at 500 uh, for a killing spree to 2,040 on a Beyond Godlike to 30 times hero level to 100 times hero level. And if I'm correct, the number of steps from killing spree to Beyond Godlike is 8. So it's probably just full-out linear. So dominating is 40 times level, mega kills 50 times level, etc., etc. Um, this change is really good. Apparently, it was implemented in a bugged way to start, so people got ridiculous amounts of experience, but that got fixed. So now it works the way it's supposed to. Uh, and I think it's been overall a positive change. So 
Uh, happy with that one, yeah. Trusty Shovel digs up one less scroll. Ring of Tarask was too strong. It cost 50 gold more. I still think it's like on on the border. Uh, Necronomicon got a lot more popular. They've made that cost 100 more mana. And then the primary nerfs were, to, or only nerfs of the patch were actually, Lycan got hit relatively hard and Weaver got hit pretty hard too. These two heroes have been seeing insane uh, increase in win rates. Um, right now, the biggest winner of the patch is actually your favorite hero, Wraith King, um, who is boasting, I think, a 58% win rate in Divine Plus right now, which is really high for a hero of that the type. The no-stun build, so, Cinderin, by any chance? The Arteezy build? Yes. A lot of the time, people go 0-4-4. You farm super fast, you're extremely sustainable, and then you join the fight with like a 13-14 minute radiance, and you have two lives. So you're like an alchemist on roids for a bit in that times window with how fast you get your items. Um, pretty pretty bonkers hero right now, it seems. Mm-hmm. Uh, not uncounterable, but very, very good. He will probably get nerfed next patch. It seems likely with the win it's rate. It's too bad because he really has been shit for a long time. You know, he finally found his window, and he's just too good. Poor, poor Wraith game. His sets are really good too. Not to be that guy, but some of the best cosmetics in the oh, game. Oh, sorry. His win rate is not 58%. I got it wrong. His win rate is up 8.3%. So it's an 8, but it's not the 58. It's 8 plus. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Which is an incredible. Like the, the trends are for the last eight weeks, right? But this primary change has happened over the last, like over the last two weeks, he has gained 3.4% win rate. So that's like the really big spike in recent times. Well, very good hero right now anyway. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens. But yeah, that was a mini patch to just uh, address some of the really... That's usually what happens. The patch comes out, it's a lot of changes. The A patch nerfs multiple things, and the B patch nerfs the leftover things. And then, and then, the, then the C, C patch, patch cleans up. is going to be the fountain. It's literally the only thing and they're going to change. It's Wraith King, probably. But and and the, King. I mean, if it is the fountain... Then they're definitely listening to the podcast. You're literally the only person in the world who cares about this shit. That's not true. There was a Reddit thread yesterday or the other day. Somebody tagged me in it. People are getting really annoyed by this, Cinderin. Up the damage. Do anything. Literally anything. Oh, man. Please, Pretty God. Casual. Yeah, you gotta you gotta cater to the casuals. You want this game not to die. That's what you guys gotta remember, you know? Uh, if the game is dying because of fountain, we're in a bad spot. Dude. Hey. That's... When you get fountain dove and fountain farmed consistently yeah. you don't want to play the game anymore that hurts the game in the long as run. soon as you respawn you sell all your items you buy a blink dagger you blink into the tree line and then you tp out on the map then you're wow out. you know some people aren't good enough to know that cinderin i didn't know me. that i just thought about it on the spot i was like how can i combat this problem in my fountain and the game presents you with solutions it's so then you do it it's too difficult. People are too good at timing when you're coming back. You don't have time to blink. <laughs> they precast okay. all their AOE spells every time. That's what they do. That's what they do. Okay, Damn. moving on. Uh, ESL got some news. Uh, I'm going to read a little bit of their the thing that they posted. After carefully reviewing all possibilities for ESL 1 Los Angeles and Birmingham 2020, we have come to the conclusion that both tournaments will not proceed as initially planned this year and will both be transformed into online tournaments. So ESL One LA is, has already begun, actually March twenty eighth yep. till April nineteenth, and it's, it's a, a three hundred. Yep, it's a three hundred and seventy five thousand dollar prize pool. Um, and the Birmingham one, Birmingham one is three hundred thirty five thousand dollars. That's actually a random differential in prize pool. That one is yep. going to be from May until June. So 
not official DPC, but still a lot of cool teams are going to be playing. I assume, I don't know if any teams have actually dropped out. I should have double checked that, but either Worth way. Worth noting, by the way, I laughed when I saw this, not because it's, it's it just seems crazy, right? But, um, so when you talk about these prize pools, they're obviously split into regions because everything is online. So the regions are not cross-playing, except Europe is playing against CIS because that's within reach of good ping. But um, we were talking about previously with the DPC of next season with prize pool distribution and whether it's fair that the regions get the same. And ESL are like, fuck no. Europe gets 200k out of the 375 prize pool. So the breakdown here is North America, $40,000. Europe CIS, 200000 SEA 40, SA 40, and China 55. See, I wonder how much of that has to do with the strength of the region, which you're probably right to a high degree, but I wonder how much of that is based on the fact that ESL is like their main headquarters is in Europe. Yeah, and the tournament's way, I mean, it's also like there's way more teams. The Europe CIS division is clearly the one they put most effort into. It's done in collaboration with Maincast, so they have like an official partner for broadcasting. And it has 16 teams. The NA1 has four. SEA has four. SA has four. And China has six. So based on the number of teams, they have upped the prize money. And obviously, the Europe division has some crazy good names. Secret, OG, Liquid, NIP, Nigma, Alliance. So like all the big guns from Europe are there. And then from CIS, you've got Navi, VP, Gambit, Spirit, Hellraisers. You've got Dendi's team, Bait, Cyber Legacy, Gentlemen. Another two CIS teams that have been proving some pretty good results, and then Viking.gg as the last like outlier from from Europe, if you will. So mm-hmm. a little bit of a mix there, but yeah, that that region is clearly the strongest. I just thought it was it's kind of crazy when you announce a prize pool like that that more than half goes to one out of five regions that are playing. But like if you look over the schedule and the teams, it's not like it's unfair. It's just funny how it's so like the polar opposite of next season's DPC spread of mm-hmm. prize money for online play. But, yep, that's that. It's good stuff, though. It's it's nice to see that the organizers are trying to make content, right? Because you could have said, all right, well, our ESL plans for, uh, for LA are postponed. We're going to wait until this epidemic is in a state where we can start flying people out and then we'll play a tournament. They just identify it. It's not really feasible. Get this played. And then the major is still postponed. And that's a TBD what the major is actually going to be now if once we're back to normal in quotation marks if if esl will get this next one or if they specifically pitched it for the la timing window and now that's closed because you know you never know when you're going to get your venue again and etc uh, mm-hmm. etc et so that's a that's a question yep that's definitely true uh another interesting thing i thought we could talk about apparently perfect world recently came yep. out with a battle pass for Chinese players mm-hmm. only. And yep. I wasn't even aware that their battle pass was totally different than TIs anyway. I'm assuming they do this every year. But anyway, theirs came out, and it has a mix of kind of the same stuff that we get, but also physical prizes. You get, like, Slark plushies, apparently, and a bunch of random, like, figurines, Dota-related. Yep. Uh, do you think with China doing that, that there's going to be more maybe pressure for Valve to do it for the the everybody else? Well, <laughs> I'm assuming that even though the game is licensed to Perfect World, they need approval, right, from Valve to do this because they're using Valve IP as the rewards. They're using Valve 
plushies right. and products yeah, and whatnot. Probably. And people love memeing about, oh, it's China. You can do whatever you want. China copyright, blah, blah, blah. If you're the official partner of a big company, you can't. It's not how it works. Like, you would clearly get in trouble. And you don't want bad relations with Valve when your company is largely making a lot of money off of Valve's game. So <clears throat> this could be a clue that Valve will do something similar in the West. There's no guarantee. I think on a global scale, stuff like this gets a lot more complicated than it does on a local country-only scale. I think it's way more easy to run something like this domestically because you have probably you have all of the production and all of the distribution locally in China. So mm. you, they don't need to do all of this like shipping and whatnot. Uh, you already saw with the Roshan statuettes and with the Aegises that they had to send out previous years how much of a hassle that could be and the trouble with just like one partner involved. So if you have to start doing this with multiple different products in multiple different uh, production facilities or whatnot, it can get it can get dicey. Um, so I don't know if Valve are going to do that, but I think the idea of this is really cool uh, that you get you complete in-game achievements and you get physical rewards. Uh, I think it's very motivating for casual players to to go and play because you get something that you can you know have in your home because you're a fan of the game. It's like mm-hmm. It's for the same reason that when the when the secret shop is at TI that it's so flooded because people love their game, so they want to buy the products. Well, now you can earn them in-game as well. So, uh, yeah, I, similar I, rewards, mean, I like right? the physical so. aspect to this, but then there's the conversation of, let's say, like it doesn't really make sense for Valve to come out with a battle pass right now for TI when we don't even no. know when TI is. But what oh, is no. the reason that tournaments, third-party tournaments, stop getting compendiums? I believe... Mm-hmm. Our captain's draft was the last one, I want to say. Maybe a DAC afterwards or something like that. Yeah, it was one of the last for sure. Basically, it ended up being, oh, this is really profitable for the tournament organizers. Let's just do it for ourselves and do it for, at that time, the majors slash TI mm-hmm. and now just TI. So with you know the whole world setting uh, with the coronavirus and whatnot, why not... Just let third-party tournaments do that again, just for a few months. I think the, I, th- I mean, the, the concern has to be the devaluing of TI, right? And then, like, the fact that everybody has X spending power in the year, and mm-hmm. if they spend on other battle passes, inevitably a fraction, I don't know how big that fraction is, Valve probably know, because they have all the data, um, will have less buying power. And the goal is to beat TI's prize pool record and to make TI as big as possible. So everything you make during the year will take a bit of money away from TI. Uh, that's something we've talked about at length previous episodes of this podcast. We're obviously both big fans of spreading the wealth a lot more than having last year. I think 80% of the prize pool is concentrated in one tournament, which is kind of insane when you think about it. Um, but if you want to keep following that pattern and TI needs to beat its record every year, then it can be tricky to find this balance because in the end, Valve might actually or is likely to make more money, I think, if they put in more uh, of what you just said, like let tournament organizers um, have compendiums, have sets in the game again that people can buy because Valve still takes a majority of the cut of the profit. Uh, So overall, I think people would be spending more money, but less will be spent on TI as a result. And then it's about what do you think is more important for the game? I think the best thing for the game, and again, we've talked a bit about this, but I have Mm -hmm. a new theory. You know how people say when TI doesn't reach 
the last, the previous year's mark, the, the game is dying. And mm-hmm. I actually think that's going to help so much because when it finally doesn't hit, it means that Valve don't feel this pressure to have to beat that every fucking year, which means mm-hmm. you can open up this kind of stuff for other tournaments to make a little bit more money. And your game as a whole, like throughout the entire year, will make more right. money. You will get more players involved on a consistent basis as opposed to this one segment of three-month time where everybody's buying all this shit for TI. It'll actually be yep. better in the long run. I just wish it happened five years ago. That's the only issue. Uh, but that's an entirely different issue entirely uh, that we could talk about for and, fucking ever. And it's just, yeah, it's, it's just like, it's kind of... It's kind of a shame that that's the mindset like of the community that that is what they I mean in a way it makes sense right it's it's your biggest tournament it's the pride of your game it's the pride of esports in many ways the TI prize pulls like a big marker in so many ways but the fact that people would consider it an absolute failure if the record isn't broken every year is I don't know it's like Yes, everybody wants to see growth all the time, but if you could, you know, take a step back and look at the big picture, you can have overall growth at the cost of one thing, right? Um, it's it's just I I don't I don't know. I mean, surely Valve have considered this and talked about it, right? Um, and maybe they just don't think that that is the way to go, or don't think that their data doesn't suggest that that's true. Um, that if you put in 10 tournaments throughout the year that you could buy stuff for, that the net gain would not be bigger than having this one TI where people go hard. Because, like, to be fair, if you think about it, maybe we're being a little bit too simple here with people's spendings. Because let's say you've spent a good amount throughout the year on Dota and the TI Battle Pass comes out. Maybe you're like, okay, this year I won't get it or I'll only get the basic part. Whereas if you haven't spent much... Because it's microtransaction-based, people snowball in this thing. And I'm a victim of it myself, right? You're close to the next reward. It's really cool. You want to get it. Then you're suddenly close to the next reward. And all the rewards last year were really good. Like, they put in a lot of effort to make really good stuff. Um, So somebody who decides, okay, I'm only getting the basic one, or I'm not getting it at all, might have ended up spending more than they planned for because the rewards were good, whereas now they're just at a point where they're like, okay, I can't finance this. Does that make sense? Like, they actually, in yeah, the end, they I might mean, have pushed them further and they would have spent more. There's so. a lot of different perspectives you can look at. and I don't know. I just think it's a little short-sighted to try to go for this all mm-hmm. all in on TI prize pool and at the cost of literally everything throughout the entire year. Yeah. That's I, I, The Captain's Draft tournament we ran, the community loved it. We loved it, obviously. It was no, like, we could be transparent. It was very profitable, clearly, because it was so much money in it for the players. We obviously made good money of it, too. Um <clears throat> To me, that was like a proof of concept of, holy shit, this is really good. And then they shut it down. We were like, fuck. Like, why? Come on, man. This is great. It was good for all parties involved, except maybe TI. Like, I can't see any other downside to it. I actually just can't. Like uh, That juggernaut set. That's my I, boy I guess, right there. Okay, so I guess the thing is, without disclosing the full like split or whatever and how much money we made and how much money Valve made, obviously, if they have the content themselves, they get 100% of the profit, right? If we are running a tournament and Valve gets the majority of the cut, they still People make a lot of money. People already know but what the then, percentage is, by the way. Right, I'm not, I'm not sure if it's the same on everything and whatnot, but, um, but re- regardless, like you outsource all the work, but they also get paid. And if they'll feel like the work we can do internally is worth its weight, then yeah, then it's probably better to keep it to themselves, right? From a strict profit standpoint. 
I just I just don't know if they're making enough of this that the community couldn't actually bump them up. If they were doing the three major a year plus TI and there was battle passes for every major, I think probably Valve keeping it all to themselves is the most profitable decision. But now that it's only TI, I'm not completely sure uh, so if they're the shooting reason, themselves in the foot a little bit. The reason that I, I love the idea of what they used to do, and I, it didn't sound like you wanted to say it, but I know for a fact this has been public on Reddit anyway. The split generally mm-hmm. for workshop stuff is 75% Valve, 25% everybody else. So of that right. 25%, let's call that 100. Okay, 100% of that 25%, you split that again amongst right. people making the set, the people that want to promote it, or whatever the case may be. Everything's different. So... Yeah. For that instance, yeah, we made good money. The workshop artists made good money. We're a tournament organizer, so we're actually making a profit. Valve is still getting 75%. So in theory, Valve is not losing money by doing this at all, whether it's for, with TI or not. They are not losing any money mm-hmm. at all. Uh, if anything, they will make more because of it. The only problem is that money is not attributed to that one tournament. That's the difference. That's the thing that they obviously care a lot about, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's where we are right now, which you know, one day it'll come crashing down and maybe things will get back to normal, but... All right. We'll so see. since Icefrog is watching the podcast, Icefrog, we want, we want, uh, we want our <laughs> tournaments back where we can contribute sets and. Um, well, they have to enable particles, though. That's the thing. Uh, particles yeah. are very important. We don't want garbage sets. Okay, they have to be particles, Cinder. Anywho, moving on. I'm sure. Actually, we should. I, I just wanted to mention this because I'm not sure how many people remember this, but. The, the tournament that we ran, Captain Chef 2.0, I think it was back in 2015, my memory tells me. It was bundled with a compendium that came with a rare Lich set, and then there was a standalone Juggernaut set that you could also buy to contribute it, called Balance of the Blade Keeper. And that was such a big seller for so long. Also, after the tournament ended, um, it was still a really high seller. So that was an example of the tournament doesn't just run its lifespan. If you make really good stuff that connects with the tournament, it sells in the future, uh, which is something TI doesn't, right? Because the battle pass ends. And the way our tournament ran, the set kept being in, in the game, right? So right. Um, there, well, there's maybe some perspective there too that the other thing maybe I Valve forgot could even to, consider for TI as well. I don't know. The but, other thing I forgot to mention is 25% of the proceeds from our side went to the players anyway. So... Literally, no one is losing money here. It's just redistributed yeah. in a different way. And TI, in theory, would make less. In theory. It hasn't really yeah. been proven. But Valve does have the data and we don't. Okay. Yeah. Enough beating a dead horse, a.k.a. the workshop in general. Um, it's fucking dead. Pros, Cinderin. They've been apparently feeding down mid a lot, uh, breaking their items. Uh, this is nothing new. <laughs> but I was watching. I, I read a couple of these threads. So one of them was Mason. He was like, he fed a few times by accident. Not by accident. He just like got killed a couple times, got very frustrated, broke his items. And Sammy Boy, who is on the new team, like you mentioned, who's known for being toxic as well, to be fair, uh, got very angry because they had a chance to win that game. But instead, yeah, this Mason is like rather... the TMZ of Dota. Okay. Can I just say that quickly and then go right. on? Right. This is the TMZ. Uh, but he break, breaks his items anyway, and they get into an argument and. You know, it is what it is. I, I was watching this uh, on Luki's stream as well. Uh, another game of Mason where he was angry from a... This isn't related to the other game. This is completely separate. But apparently he was mad at somebody on his team and he gets matched up with them again, right? Instead of avoiding them like a normal person would, Mason uh, gets matched up with him again. And instead of playing the game, he randoms. He gets Earth Spirit. 
and he after 10 minutes he proceeds to play zoomed in as in like in showcase mode the whole time right so obviously they lost that game everybody's pretty upset uh then you have eternal envy who uh, I, I can't remember the exact context but he ends up not he getting wanted mid. mid and so did sammy boy and sammy boy picked it first and then he was like fuck it i'm going mid right and then he broke ran down mid and fed he ran okay, down do you mid see and a, fed. Do you, are you seeing a common pattern here NA? The reason yes. I laughed so hard is that you've titled this in the in the outline. It's called Pros Breaking Items Slash Feeding Down Mid. And I'm just reading through the names. <laughs> it's NA Personality, NA yes. Streamer, NA Pro True. Player, and then NA Pro Player All Chat, NA Pro Player Tweet. <laughs> we haven't gotten to those yet. <laughs> the thing, this isn't only happening in NA, right? Like, that's the right. thing. It's just, it's just funny to see that it's like this overwhelming thing. And there, I'm I'm not laughing because I don't care about this, right? I think this is a genuine problem, and I wish there was something more done about it. It's kind of just like I don't know. It's it's just funny. It's funny to see like the way things just stacked up for this week's episode with this, like with everything. It's like the perfect storm of fucking NA, you know? Like, yep. Uh, we have moments like this in Europe too. Don't you worry. It's not region specific. Sometimes people break their items. Sometimes they feed down mid. Sometimes they abandon because somebody makes mistakes. Like there's angry people and unreasonable people in every region. No doubt about it. So what uh, do you think about repeat yeah. offenders? Like I'm talking about people like Mason, Envy, uh, mm-hmm. whoever else there might be. I'm not picking on them in particular, but they stream. Right. They are mm-hmm. role models whether they want to be or not. And... People are entertained, actually, mm-hmm. by this kind of behavior, which makes them yeah. want to do it even more. It's, I mean, in terms of Dota stuff, other than being blatantly racist or something like that, this is as toxic as you can get. Yeah. And I think it sets a really bad example for the player base and the fact that, you know, maybe, it, do you think them being streamers, they're given a second, uh, like, are they looked at differently? in a positive or negative light by Valve or whoever mm. we want to call the entity that's looking over us. So Gaben it's, himself. It's, a, it's kind of a difficult, it's kind of difficult because what happened in the past and what kind of triggered what could be happening right now is in the past Sing Sing, I remember this very clearly was streaming and people started report stacking him for fun when he was streaming. They were like, Oh, Sing Sing is streaming. Ha <laughs> we're about Sing Sing. Let's report Sing Sing because that's fucking funny. And then he would get banned. He got, you know, he got Q-banned for just playing the game. He wasn't flaming anyone. He wasn't doing anything toxic, whatever. He was just playing the game, and he got reported so hard. So I think at that point, Valve implemented some sort of shadow protection for pro players because people, like, if pro players and streamers should be treated differently by Valve in terms of punishment, they should also be treated differently in terms of protection from the community because the community is just as fucking toxic sometimes and stupid, like, mm-hmm. reporting people because... Because I know this guy and I don't like him. Imagine how many reports Envy gets for being Envy. <laughs> like, if he does nothing wrong, he's just there. Like, imagine yeah. being oh, that that's player. True. That's fucking frustrating. Yeah. So you have to go both ways here. You need to protect the pros from the community, but you also need to com- you need to protect the the community from the pros setting a shit example, right? So I feel like you kind of need to maybe go like case by case or. You can't give people immunity, I think. Like, if what happened was that some pros got some sort of immunity or severe protection because of this Sing Sing thing that started way back, it needs to be reasonable. So, mm. 
I, I don't know what the elegant solution is here that you have some people like look through cases because I feel like making an automated system here is pretty difficult. Like some people get report stacked for no reason. How far can you go before they should be punished? Um, but when you're streaming, it's a little bit more obvious what's going on. It's broadcast to thousands of people that are watching it happen live. And if it's a one-time thing, okay, I personally don't think I could ever have a bad enough day to feed down mid. I just can't see myself doing it. But Same. Yeah. I've never done it before. But other people can get in this mindset. And if you're having a really shit day, everything is wrong. People being morons, it's getting to you, get tilted, you go down mid. I mean, peace be with that. Okay. I'm not gonna, I'm not saying it's good behavior. It's not. You should never do it. But if somebody does it, fine. If somebody does it once a week, okay, or <laughs> once a day, it's not a bad day anymore. You're just a really fucking bad example. That's where I feel like punishment should be put in for sure. And so like, what, what kind of punishment how do you would be automate fair a system for, for something? This, right? Well, you'd never be able to automate it. But let's be real. In terms of how mm. many people are streaming and aka famous that are doing this, right. there's not that many. It's, it's, I think a manual approach would be just fine. You don't need to be. It's not yeah, like the Twitch problem we were so talking too. about last week. So what would the solution be? Because they all have Smurfs. Like Riot would ban them immediately. Like Riot would do totally different. Valve is one hundred percent hands off, which of course have a lot of pros, not yeah. professionals, there's but there's a lot of good things that come to with that. every model like that. Yeah. So what would you do um, in this scenario if they are a consistent? Are you model? asking what the punishment should be or how you should apply it? Either. I, I think the punishment should be if you start feeding down mid or whatever it is, like you you could just get Q banned for. X time. I don't know what the punishment should be. I feel like if you're a repeat offender feeding down mid or whatever when you don't like your game, you get banned for a week. If it happens again, you get banned for a month and then you're done. There's just perma banned for matchmaking. Like, so what about nobody's like got Smurf time for accounts. that if you do it all the time? Every pro yeah, has like well, if, tons of Smurfs. Right. And then if you go on your Smurf, if you do it on your Smurf too, same example. Like the pros are going to run out of accounts. If you do this all <laughs> the time on every account you have, it becomes a hassle. And yeah, they can get a new account. It's kind of like, eventually, I mean, if you're really committed to wanting to run down mid, you will find a way, okay? You will just get yourself another account that you can run down mid on or whatever. But the thing is, these players aren't like, it's not like it's Mason's sole goal or Eternal Envy's sole goal, and we're just highlighting these because they're the new guys that were talked about. There's been countless examples of this in the past from top pros that are playing uh, at TI, right? Doing the same thing. It's like, man, now I lost my trail of thought, actually. It's like whoever whoever it is, they don't aim to do this all the time, right? It's not like it's their purpose to ruin games. Mason plays well and plays a lot of games and he tries to win. It's when the games get toxic or shit that he will do something like that. And same for Envy. Envy doesn't go into the game with the mindset of, I am going to ruin the next game I queue into. Like, it's not like they're inherently just evil people looking to grief the games. Uh, oh. There are players like that, actually. But well, the example I, I gave the directly about Mason is exactly that. <laughs> he went into that game wanting to grief. He randomed and then played in showcase mode. I think he would have only. I think he only did that because that guy was in the game that ruined yes. his previous game, in his opinion, right? So if he didn't yes. get matched with him, he would not have done it again. That's my point. Like it's not like he doesn't go into the game with a mindset of no matter what happens here, I'm going to ruin the game, right? Right? It's okay. it's because it's a specific person you have a vendetta against, and if he has Dota Plus, I have no fucking clue why he didn't avoid him. I don't know. Maybe Probably, it's good content. I would imagine but, he ran out of uh, slots for that. 
Yeah, but then the guy in the bottom gets pushed out. I've been through my avoid list a couple of times now. And then I start <laughs> playing with people that I've avoided a week ago or two weeks ago or three weeks ago again. And then I avoid them again. It's kind of like an elevator that just keeps running. I mean, honestly, I, mean, I just don't have time for that. If somebody does this in my game, instant avoid. I don't care who it is. If somebody runs down mid and, and feeds in the start of the game, that adds to it. You should I don't ask to Valve to increase your cap because I'm sure you're more responsible with the avoid feature than most professional players. I, I can send I an email for I mean, you, Cinder. Don't worry, I got I don't you. Know. Yeah, I mean, they watch our podcast, right? So we're fine. Yeah, that's see true. Icefrog, yeah. uh, only for Cinder's account. Thanks. I, I don't, I don't have the yet. perfect solution here because, yeah, there's multiple accounts and whatnot, but it, the really unfortunate thing here is that I think these people have more of an influence than maybe they do. They're like, ah, man, whatever, you know, I'm just a player. I know I'm streaming, there's people watching, but, you know, they, they don't. If you've seen after Arteezy got popular, how the language of the game changed, it was actually almost, it was kind of really fascinating to watch how his catchphrases just became true. Like, they just became common speak in all regions. Like, end, I'm done. You know, like these things where people didn't say this before and it's still people will say I'm done and then keep playing. Right. But that was Arteezy's thing as a part of his stream and it just spread. And when people start being like, oh, man, my game fucking sucks, man. These guys are idiots. I don't want to play anymore. I'm just going to break my items. I'm not going to say it started with streamers, but it absolutely became a bigger problem with streamers. Well, so, that, so that's a perfect example because, of course, not all pros have bad influences, right? Arteezy himself has had a lot of games. Like, for example, I wouldn't say this, yeah. this is good necessarily, but just as an example, the, the term boys. He was the only mm -hmm. person that said that back in the day. And now literally yeah. everybody says that, including the Europeans. Boys. It's not just region specific. Mm -hmm. So it, it's important for, I mean, it's even the same for people like us that have a voice on whether it's Twitter, Facebook, or in-game, or whatever the case may be. If you're known, you can have an influence on the community. And a lot of times, these people are being very... I mean, like when you're super toxic, like I never really... I get mad in-game, right? I almost mm -hmm. never take it out on my teammates. Like if I'm streaming, I'll complain like all the time, but I will never have my mic on during those times. Right. But at the end of the day, like feeding down mid, breaking your items. I've played this game for over 15 years. I have never done that, not even one time in my entire life. I've never done that. Mm -hmm. And the first thing that comes to my mind is, oh, they're just immature. Mason and Envy are fucking 28 years old, man. They're almost fucking 30. Like, holy shit. <laughs> Everyone's so old now. And they're still acting like they're 15 years old. It's crazy. I just, I don't understand that mentality at all. And yeah, it's it's an issue. It's definitely an issue that I think people uh, overlook at times. I I mean, the other thing that I'm thinking about is let's say let's imagine a sport analogy to this. Let's imagine in sports in in a team game or whatever. It's different because it's teams, right? But imagine a player just in basketball it was just like fuck this game, I'm done, and then he threw the ball into his own basket, right? <laughs> it was like I hate my team. I'm gonna leave the court, or whatever. The outrage from fans would be insane, and he would instantly be, be fired. I have from a the story team. for you. Like it. But <laughs> no, but the, the thing the thing here is that I feel like I also don't want to put all the blame on the streamers here, right? Because the reason that this thing happens is that the viewers, in part, are celebrating this stuff, right? They think it's funny. They think sure. it's good content. And they're they're laughing their asses off instead of being like, what the fuck are you doing? 
I can't support this shit. I'm going to switch off your stream and go watch somebody else, which means that in the community, there's a big mindset that this is like, not that it's good behavior or that it's great, but that it's like, ah, whatever, it's just a game. You can do shit like this, you know? Mm. People probably have like these different levels of what is acceptable and what isn't. If everybody had the opinion that we did, these streamers would get lynched for doing shit like this. And they are by parts of the community, but not by all of them. They still have their viewers, right? So the viewers are willing to see through a lot of shit uh, and accept a lot of shit because of the good stuff that comes with it. Because let's be honest, like between all of these shitty moments, there's also a lot of good moments. There's a lot of fun moments. It can be very entertaining to watch these streams. There's just some things that we personally hate, right? But, but other people like the issue is, so, is that it's a vicious cycle, right? You're, you're saying that people support this and they like it. And there's a reason for that is because that's what their quote unquote role models have been doing for the, yeah, quite a while. It, like it's a chicken and egg thing, right? Like is the reason that the, the streamers are getting away with this, that it was already festering and now it's just embodied in streams or is the reason that it became a big problem that streamers started doing it? I would argue that the problem has always been there and that streamers amplify it. Um, so that they have a responsibility, but they're not the root of all evil, right? That's the main point I'm trying to make here is that it's not like some certain individuals that ruined our pubs forever. Like, this mentality has always been there in multiplayer games. There's always been game ruiners before streaming was well, even no, a no, thing. No. There were I'm, people griefing, right? Okay, so, that, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying people supporting no, that's, that. That's the vicious Right, circle. right. That's where it becomes um, weird. Because, yeah, you're right. People have been breaking their items since Dota 1. That's... Always, I of mean, course. games were miserable yeah. back then. Honestly, way worse yeah, than they are now. Absolutely. But now you have. So, I feel like when you're a popular personality, you have a responsibility to not yeah. not be a giant douche. At least you can be a douche, like a douchey entertainer, right? I've gotten away with that many years, Cinder. But there's a limit <laughs> to everything. <laughs> there's a limit to everything, and I don't know. It's somebody needs to needs to do something about it. I feel like because it doesn't feel like there's enough power in. Like us do talking about this isn't gonna make any difference, you know. People making threads mm. probably won't make any difference. Uh, people not watching would, but that's not gonna happen at this at this stage because they want to see the next. I mean, it's like if you see a train about to crash, you're gonna watch. <laughs> isn't that the same mentality? Yeah. It's like I want to see this fucked up situation. I maybe I don't support the people I mean, dying yeah, on the train. I, I guess if you if you see a train crashing, you 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 kind of can't look away, but at the same time, you're not cheering for the locomotive driver to. Like, yeah let's go dude Woo! fucking the, break that rock that's the tunnel. dota mentality i guess that's the difference we're all fucked <laughs> up <laughs> yeah, we're all I fucked mean, up real hard <laughs> all right let's go on with some more drama cinder uh this one i found more funny uh so for those of you who don't know lukey lukey uh, he's actually helped us with uh, some guides on our channel he is known for his pangolier he's a really fucking good pangolier he's like rated mm -hmm. I think he his highest that I saw was maybe second NA, but now he's like top 10, I want to say, just top 10 NA. Right. He always picks Pango if it's available, which you know it's basically 50% mm -hmm. of the time now. Um, yeah. So CCNC had an all-chat rage, which has now become a meme, where he typed, no, you can't just pick Pango every game. You're turning a game about adapting to situations and learning new things about heroes into a sick perversion. <laughs> Dude, I love I love when Quinn gets angry. The way he writes things, it's so good. Actually, it's like most people. This is okay. This is something I can appreciate when people get upset. Like whether it's legit or not, we can talk about whether this is a, a fair argument or whatever. But I love when people are creative with language. Like there's too much of this flat flaming. Oh, you fucking moron. Oh, you dog. You know, blah blah blah. 
like this kind of thing oh this is like really this is a juice for me when somebody is like you're turning it into a sick perversion quinn has this ability with language when he's like angry and passionate about something he really lays it on in a funny way like i i think this is hilarious um the way he writes this like the, the wording is just funny to me now if it's true or not like if hero spammers like this are because you know some amazing pros kind of started out this way some of them never changed bulldog never changed um some players started out this way like jerex was playing a load of earth spirit he was spamming the crap out of that hero and kind of got discovered and then it just turned out hey he's actually good at the game and he can play almost anything Hmm. um but you know uh, as far as the argument goes, I, I don't really care that much. It's just, you know, CCNC was just frustrated at the moment, I think. So you're talking about yeah. the, the unique language used. Uh, it actually mm-hmm. reminded me, uh, if you guys have not seen this video, I highly, highly recommend it. I don't know if you've seen it. Have you seen the Swindle Melons Heroes of New Earth video on YouTube? Oh, yeah, the one so, with uh, delete your lies and apologize or whatever? Delete your lies and apologize. Something about <laughs> people are starving in Africa. If you guys haven't seen this video... Google on YouTube, Swindle Melons educates Little Snake King about the real world. It is legitimately the best like gaming-related video that I have ever seen. It only has 220,000 views. I don't know how that's possible. It should be in the millions. It is the best video of all time. Super, super legit. But going along with this point, the CCNC thing, Demon made a tweet, um, which I don't know if it's related necessarily but a lot Mm. of people are making the connection with lukey lukey he writes tips for players that have been around and wondering why you hit a plateau simply watch replays of pro games and players of your own role last picking heroes to cheese win every game is pathetic or having a one hero puddle but hey grats on your mmr you still suck one of my philosophies in life is to be comfortable being uncomfortable and that way you'll learn necessary changes in your mindset and play style otherwise you continue being stuck and never see change or progress for yourself so part of me feels yep. like this is not related to Lukey Lukey because he first picks his hero every single time or else people are just going to take it away from him. Uh, but I thought it was so, an interesting topic to discuss about the right. that mindset. So here's the thing. I think this mindset is good. Um, there, there's, there's both things. Like sometimes you want to spam a hero to really train it and get into it. But the people that have played their hero a thousand times and played the thousand and first time are trying to gain MMR. The problem is, if your mindset is only getting better at the game, unfortunately, if you're an up-and-coming player, what people are going to give you a chance on is your MMR. You could be a really good player and play a lot of different heroes and be... Like, let's say... Let me give you an example. Let's say someone like Luki Luki. Let's say he is 10k on Pango and 8k on everything else. If he picks Pango every game, he has a chance of reaching... 9.5k MMR where people are like, man, he's really good, right? Like, let's give him a try on our team. Sure, he plays a lot of Pango, but he's probably really fucking good at the game because he's that high MMR. Whereas if you play every hero a lot and you can't reach the same number, do teams even give you a chance? If you're somebody with a name that people know is good, you can do whatever you want. Zaya started randoming in Europe. He actually started a trend in high MMR in Europe. Zaya single-handedly make the whole scene start randoming sometimes, which... I don't mind. I think it's cool. I think it's fun that there's a lot of heroes being played, but you have to understand what attitude and what mentality people have. Getting better at the game is unfortunately not always the best thing. Getting better at the game is the best thing when you've been given your chance to prove yourself in the pro scene if that's what you're going for. Mm. And part of the step to get there is getting high MMR. Like, uh, 
I wish it wasn't the case. I wish everybody could just look at these pubs and see talented players for what they are. You could play every hero. And then if you could be like, imagine you could be like 8K MMR and be really good. Because there's there are players like this. There are players that are really good and people that fluctuate in MMR. Like right now, there are top pros that are not super high MMR either. But they don't have to care that much, right? Right. But it, oh, like I think you're a new for, guy, you're a new 17 year old guy who wants to get pro in Dota. How do you get discovered? Like, what else do you have to do? You can't do anything else, right? I think There's the way no Luki Luki did it is actually really good. If I were like, let's say I had, I was like 17, 18 years old and I was trying to become a pro Dota player, this is actually what I would do. I would spam one to two heroes, try to get mm-hmm. as much MMR, and like, I don't even know if he wants to go pro. But he's becoming a bigger streamer, so that's definitely helping his stream right. become more mm-hmm. recognized. So now that you've made it to this point, you're top 10 NA, you've been top 10 NA for however many months now, you can start expanding your hero pool. You don't have to stick with Pango. You don't have to, he's playing a lot of Void Spirit yeah. now. I know that's his second hero, I believe. But there's no reason, like, if you can get that good with these two heroes, that you can't expand that even further. So I actually think if I were to restart, do everything all over again and try to go pro, I would go down the exact same road, honestly. I think it's the... The notoriety is the hardest thing to achieve. Becoming known in the scene and respected for as skill, as a skillful player and a not toxic player, those are the hardest things to achieve. The networking yeah. aspect, it's all very, very difficult. It's not all about skill. Yep. It's not all about rank. It's not all about us. stuff. So, and you, you could be like, well, Luki, you're just spamming Pango and people don't want to try you in their team because you're spamming Pango, but the alternative is they've never even heard of you. Right. So at some point, if you've spammed it that high, that high up and people notice you, now if you start playing something else and you're also good with that, there's your chance. I think it's mm. like if your specific goal is to go pro, it honestly might be the best strategy, which is, I mean, it's a shame, right? Because you're not a flexible player, but you will become that eventually at the top there. Uh, I mean, what you don't want to become is, and I, I watch his stream all the time, so this is not a knock, but like somebody like Attacker only known for one hero and it's been like that for like 10 years right it has not changed um right. so yeah if because we're talking about a short period of time pango's only been out for like what a year and a half so it's not like yeah he's, been, like he's not been highly ranked for that long so you still have mm-hmm. time he's a young he's a young boy he's a young lad cinderin he'll be fine yep uh moving on i want to talk about the 12v12 custom game uh had some interesting questions about this for you so okay as you know, both Overthrow and 12v12 were Valve games. Oh, wait, was yeah. was Valve 10v10 or 12v12? 10v10, I think. Oh, okay. Pretty sure. So somebody, obviously Valve does not really keep up with their mods, uh, which, you know, I honestly, mm-hmm. that of the, of the things we can complain about, that's not, in my opinion, one of them because it's probably not the highest priority. I can understand that. Uh, so as a result, people kind of, recreate the mod that they made and add stuff to it or update it to be more balanced or whatever the case may be. So this guy made Overthrow 2.0 and he made the 12v12 custom game. Uh, yeah. Now the issue is he has put in, now that it's become popular, some pay-to-win mechanics, right? Right. So somebody came out with a copy of his mod without those mechanics. So the question is, what... What are the rules here, in your opinion? Is there, what should you or should you not be allowed to do? Because if you're just taking overthrow and copying it and somebody's copying you to get rid of the pay to win mechanics, Mm -hmm. is that a big deal? Is is the the line being crossed when you have to make your own assets? 
And well, so what are we you? talking? Are we talking what is right or are we talking what is legal? Right. Because those Cause two legal, things are really different here. Okay. I don't know if you can do anything legal, legally. Legally, it's Valve's choice, right? Yeah. That's the balls in their court. They can be like, no, you guys can't monetize this. No, you guys can't do this and that. No, the blah, blah, blah. They could have taken it down if they wanted to. So uh, what's right or not? I mean, it's not right to plagiarize someone's map, right? So it's just this like weird gray zone because the original map is Valve's. So if you're editing that one, then you're taking Valve stuff and you are trying to profit off it. I I have a little bit of a bad a bad taste in my mouth about people just taking Overthrow or 10v10 or whatever Valve has made and then profiting off it unless you significantly change the game. I, mm. I haven't played this 10v10 or 12v12 map or whatever or the Overthrow 2. I think the Overthrow 2.0 or whatever it's called actually made some pretty significant changes. Um, so if you're like using valve's map as a template and you introduce a lot of new stuff to the game you make maybe hero changes balance changes you add items whatever like you make things different then i mean fair enough right you've added a lot of stuff to the game and profiting off that is fair enough you put in work if you take someone else's game because you don't like the way they're running it and then you're just like nah, i feel like this is wrong so i'm going to make the same version of the map just without any financial <laughs> incentives in it mm-hmm. i don't know like I feel like it's a gray zone because some things that people implement should not be implemented yeah. I, in any way, like whether it's pay to win or not. Should so not as you win. know, I've so. made it I made it public back in the day, the noob from UA thing where he would take mm-hmm. the TI stream and just put it on his channel. I had a problem with that. Uh, right. Nobody, like Reddit kind of destroyed me at the time. And then a few months later, mm-hmm. Zai had a problem with it from copying his stream. And then people were all on Zai's side, right? So I feel mm-hmm. kind of weary to say anything, but obviously I care about copyright and stuff like that. For this one, it is weird, though. You're right. There's a gray area because you're taking a Valve mod yeah. and then somebody's copying a copy of a copy. Like, does it really... Like, I don't know how to feel about that, honestly. It's weird. I, I, I don't know. Like, some of the it's things, strange. just for people that don't know, that are on the Patreon, I don't know how you feel about the like pay-to-win mechanics. Um, mm-hmm. High-level access, you get... Uh, Bonus you can choose at the start of the game, like extra damage and cooldown reductions. Um, you can instantly get items, so you don't have to wait for yeah. a courier. They just go directly into your inventory. You can kick people from the game. Of course, they say if you abuse it, they will remove that access, which maybe that's even needed for custom games because the lobby system is complete garbage. Mm-hmm. Um, so essentially, he remade it without all that stuff. So then it's another question of, right. do you think... Because it's a copy of a copy and he made all these changes that maybe people don't like. Maybe they do. I don't know. Uh, does that change anything in your mind? Or is it a black and white situation? I don't know. I just, in any game like this, I just hate this pay to win shit for this. Like, how does that make the game any good? You know? Like, right. I'm fine with paying for some sort of, like, the reason. Like either pay for convenience or paying for standing out is fine. Like if you could get some like cool cosmetics, you can get custom skins for your heroes. That is only for patrons or whatever it is. That's fine. But if you're starting to pay to win in a custom game like this that has a very short finite duration per game and there's no like, I I don't know, man. I, this is a huge turnoff for me. Like I would just stop playing this mode. If I was playing this game and enjoying it and this came out, I would quit instantly. I was just like, like, what the fuck is this? You know, like, why, why would I play this? <clears throat> okay. Because, um, like, ima- okay, let me, let me put it in perspective. Let's imagine there was pay to win in Dota pub games. Now you could start paying $5 a month to start with extra 50 gold. 
imagine what the community would think about that. Just as a thought experiment, imagine what would think, what people would think. Valve would get destroyed. And that's not an exaggeration, right? The integrity so, of the game is a little bit different than custom games, yeah, though. Right? Obviously, but it's like I know I know custom games are for fun and everything, so that's fine. It's just it's not up my alley. Okay. I'm not saying people are jerks for liking this stuff. If you can pay to win in a custom game, uh, but if I were to do this, I would definitely make it pay for either convenience, mm-hmm. so some sort of easier way of hosting the types of lobbies that you want or uh, of like whatever you could imagine. I don't even know what convenience Dota could really get in this aspect, to be honest. But yeah, the rest would be cosmetic based or something to show off or something to be proud of that doesn't like put other players at an inherent disadvantage when the game starts. That's mm. pretty, pretty weird. So uh, moving on to another custom game, because this becomes more black and white for me personally. Uh, there's a very popular mm. mod now called Custom Hero Chaos. Have you played it yet? No. I haven't uh, played custom games in quite a while, actually. It's pretty fun. I, I've only played it a couple times. Mm-hmm. I haven't really had time to you know, delve into it and whatnot, but I've watched some people play it as well. Uh, right. I'd recommend it. It's a Chinese mod. Uh, mm-hmm. So the official name is Custom Hero Chaos Summoner Online. Okay, It has... I'm trying to... Very small text here. Is that 960... One million Yeah, basically one million Damn. subs. Okay? Now, it's somebody... Like number of patrons. <laughs> that's right. One day we'll get there. Uh, <laughs> so... Somebody recently made a mod called Custom Hero Chaos Improved. Completely different person. It actually has a quarter million subs. And from Mm. what I was reading, it essentially just fixes bugs that are in the original. And it adds a couple different things. Like I think you can pick more heroes, like five instead of three, stuff like that. So this, Mm -hmm. I have a problem with. I don't think this should be allowed. This, this, This custom game was actually custom it's not like you're copying it from somebody else you mm-hmm. they made their own map they made everything themselves and somebody's copying it and they have a quarter million subscribers what right. do you think i'm not a fan of this personally i mean i think if you like the custom game and you want to improve it reach out to the people that make it and help them develop it you're just you don't just copy i mean i don't know if this guy copied the code or wrote something similar from the ground up or whatever but i mean yeah this one is also I I agree. Like it's not, it's just not okay. I don't know what else to say. Like you don't just take someone else's game and then improve it and make it your own, right? You 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 can't really do it like this. So yeah, I'm with you. I, I don't know, but I also at the same time I don't know enough about this game. I don't know if there's any monetization involved. I don't know what's in it for either party. Um, but. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's... maybe this guy who made the improved version did try to reach out to the original creators, but if they're Chinese and they can't communicate with each other, then he was like, I want to make this map better, but I, they can't. I mean, who knows what it is, right? Well, let's say that is the case. Full on speculation. I mean, it makes his intents better, right? Because he, right. wa- he just wants the game to be better, right? It's not mm-hmm. like he's looking to, oh, man, th- th- I'm going to steal this product and make it my own. It's like he wanted to, he loves the mod and he wants to help and so they are refusing his help. I know. But- I'm not saying it's great, but most people won't care about this because it's I hate to say this, but because it's a Chinese developer. But I feel like if this what what do you do you think the the perspective would change if it's not a Chinese developer? Let's say I make I like our mod comes out, which it will be soon, right. by the way. Yeah. And somebody does this to us, I would be pretty fucking pissed. Because we spent mm-hmm. like it's been nine months of development now. Right, and I don't know if there's anything I could do. 
Like, I could email Valve, I guess. I don't know if they're going to give a shit. Pretty sure you're allowed right. to just do whatever the fuck you want as far as, like, I don't think there's any rules against copying somebody else's mod right now. It's kind of like the wild, wild west. So this kind of scares I, I me. I mean, I guess honestly. the best thing the best thing you can do is to keep making your mod better than the improved version. Right? It sounds awful. Yeah, it does. It it, it's, uh, I mean, it's <laughs> terrible. I, like for the user for the end user in a way they're like oh great we can just choose between whichever game we like the most but it's not really a very good way of running things yeah <laughs> it's just not that's why there is ip and copyright because you kind of you know you put in mm-hmm. all the legwork and somebody that's what people often forget with stuff like this is that you put in nine months of legwork to make this but somebody can copy it in a week right so then if their work is supported and profiting as much as yours is they made the same amount of money in a less than a tenth of the time and that's just not okay right so yeah all right moving on cinder man i don't know it's just a it's fascinating to think about uh Mm. because i i really do believe that if it was not a chinese developer people would care more as terrible as that is to say uh but it kind of is reality uh, we were going to talk about Half-Life Alex. I'll just briefly say I played it for about an hour and a half, Cinderin. I'm going mm-hmm. to play more, I promise. Yeah. Uh, of the amount that I've played, it was quite good. Okay. They have like the teleport. You can choose what kind of movement you have. The default mm-hmm. is teleportation, so I didn't really get sick. But I mean, just wearing that thing for a fucking hour and a half, it kills me, honestly. it's yeah. It just gets really uncomfortable, and I start to get like a headache. Um Okay. But the game itself, I can tell, is super high quality. So I've been very impressed so far. But okay. I will be playing more. Yeah, let's just uh, let's wait until you've played a bit more and talk about it yeah. in more depth. Then, but so so your first impression was good compared to other games on VR. But you're still hesitant yes. about VR. Yes. Yes. Okay. Correct. Cool. Yep. Uh, I think it's breaking broken a lot of records for Steam ratings. By the way, uh, mm-hmm. it might be like the top five rated game of all time on Steam or something like that. Um, that's pretty which crazy. is shocking considering most people can't play it <laughs> that's actually <laughs> shocking to me but that's really cool uh so good for valve anyway speaking of valve artifact cinder in oh, artifact shit. news they came oh, out with a shit. blog post today called what's the plan beta 2.0 and guess what cinder i'm gonna read it word for word whether you want me to or not you can't stop me so <clears throat> this right. week we wanted phone. to this week, we wanted to talk about the Artifact Beta 2.0, what it will include, and when it will happen. We've been focusing on gameplay changes first. The biggest change is zooming out to allow players access to all three lanes at once. The majority of effects still work on individual lanes so they can still maintain their identity, but it's less likely that a player will get shut out in the same way they used to. We've also focused on making the game easier to pick up. We aren't selling cards, so you won't face an opponent with a stacked deck. We've also added a new draft mode, Hero Draft, that gives you a taste of constructing decks without all the pressure. The beta will exist as a new executable, and access will be granted to individual accounts. When we are ready to send out invites, we'll let you know the process. Here's the current roadmap. Number one, testing boring stuff. That's where we are right now. Number two, trickle out invites. No, wait, wait. You said you would read it out. That was not exactly what it said. You need to read it again. Number one, testing boring stuff, less than symbol, hyphen, Bold, arrow we point, are here. Arrow pointing left. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Arrow pointing Good. left. We are here. Number two, trickle out invites starting with players of the original release, ramping up to ramping up similar to Dota 2. Number three, work on the beta, eventually transitioning to an open beta. And four, leave beta, hopefully quicker than Dota 2. <laughs> then they have a small FAQ, which I shall read and then we can discuss. 
I didn't play the original. If I buy the original game now, will I be able to get in? No. We will prioritize people who purchased <laughs> before today's date. Get wrecked. Noobs. Okay. Uh, I played the original. Will I have access to my stats, cards, decks, etc. from the original game? In the new version, cards are unlocked through play. Individual cards are likely to have changed, removed, or brand new, so old decks and stats wouldn't be valid. Let's hope to fucking God Mono Blue is just removed. Question. Can I buy cards and packs in the beta? Answer. We have some ideas about what we'd like to sell, but none of them are cards slash packs. And then the last thing is, I'm a member of the press, a celebrity, a streamer, an influencer, a pro gamer, etc. Can I get in? Selection will be mostly random, so maybe. I better okay. fucking get in! God damn it! Can I, yes, can I say, ahead. the way this is written, and like the style of the announcement, and the wording and everything, whoever wrote this is the guy who writes the updates for Underlords. It's the same person. It's the same writing style. It's the same, like type of language is the same mood um valve historically when they make announcements it's been like very clear-cut to the point very short and like without how to say with as little attitude as possible okay it's just been like strictly informational and what they started doing with underlords patches was they gave it like flair and personality and they're doing that with this right it's clear when you're reading this out that there's like some sort of like, like word plays or puns or, you know, like it's more chill and casual in that sense. So, I mean, I'm glad I, that's I'm the first thing you took from this. That's very interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if you care about it, but probably I don't. not anymore. The reason I care about this is that I feel like it shows a change in attitude from Valve's side to how they are interacting oh, with their true. community when they make games, right? It's It shows that. Uh, the type of way they communicate with the audience, they used to just be, the game is the game, like it or not. Here is what you're going to get. No advertisement, and, no nothing. <laughs> right. And and now it's a little bit more about trying to meet the user on their level, so to speak. I think, at least this is interesting for me to see, <laughs> that they're not only doing this with Underlords. It wasn't like a one-game thing or one-team thing, but now they're more... Like uh, the Dota patches have also kind of Dota announcements have also kind of started going in that direction a bit. But still, compare this to a blog post on the Dota uh, and the Dota blog, you will see very easy differences, right? And like mm. just the discourse of it is totally different. Um, so that for me was interesting. As far as the game goes, I'm curious, obviously. I really liked Artifact. I hope this is good. Uh, I think the idea of not selling cards slash packs, it says in the beta, though. So when the beta is over, we can assume that they will be selling card packs, probably. The way that I read it, it sounds or like what? more like uh, Underlords where you're, you're unlocking cards. It actually sounds like Rutera, where you're unlocking cards by playing. That's pretty much right. it. Okay. Maybe there's another option the later to buy to packs on top of it. Says in the beta. They could have written, can I buy cards slash packs in the game? Then, then I it think would that just, just it leaves cut, it right? open for the future. They, right. I doubt they've even yeah. made a decision. So let's talk and about some I of the comments here. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay, go ahead. So, the biggest change is zooming out to allow players access to all three lanes at once. So, obviously, if you guys haven't played Artifact, there's three lanes. And you could zoom out before. So, because mm -hmm. the way it reads, it makes it sound like, oh, we couldn't zoom out before. But we could. So, that doesn't, it's not what it means, obviously. So, it doesn't mean that you, you're playing with all three boards at once, constantly. Mm -hmm. And you're not really focusing on one. That's the way I kind of take it. Yeah, I think so. Um, which sounds interesting. I mean, I can't really picture it. It's just like three small, tiny boards, you know? 
but maybe there's something I'm not understanding based I don't on. Know. Have to wait and see. Speculation. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, we aren't selling cards. What else? So the the hero draft gives you a taste of constructing decks without the pressure. That really doesn't give us much information. Uh, what do you think about the beta invites, Zindrin? Will we get in? I, I mean, I don't know. Hopefully. Please, Cinder, and please. We'll say a lot of good things about you on our podcast, Ice Frog. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, Ice Frog's uh, definitely involved in Artifact. <laughs> I'm sure he wrote this blog post. This is his kind of link. Well, okay, what do you think about the beta being on a different ex- executable? It sounds like it's going to be almost like a separate game entirely from the mm-hmm. original Artifact. I think, it's, I think it's a good sign. I think it's fine to do it that way. Like, so you it, think- It's kind of like Dota. I mean, with Dota, they did the same thing, right? There was Dota 2 and there was Dota 2 Test. It's kind of like that. This will be artifact test client where they're testing new people that bought the game before today have Mm -hmm. a chance to get in the beta. What about all the money that was spent on cards, packs? What do you think happens? Do you? I think they have to give something to everyone, and it can't just be like it can't just be like oh you get a little trinket for buying all this shit. It should be based on how much you bought, in my opinion, or else I I, think people will be mad. I have no idea what they can. Do you have an idea what? If people would if be mad, can. I think Cause so. Because the tricky thing is you can't just refund people because there's been so much trading going on, right? Like people bought cards and sold them to other players and sold right. them again and again. So like if you do, you need to trace everything back and just refund everybody every step of the way or whatever that, I mean, they could maybe automate that with a system if they wanted to. It's it's convoluted though. I don't think it's that simple. But um, I, I don't I don't know what they should do about that. The main thing for me that I want to see here that I feel like is not really addressed yet is what is the business model? I think that is what everybody is waiting to hear as the real announcement. Will I need to pay to play the new game? Will I need to pay to play modes in the game? Is it free to play, but you need to pay in the game? Or is it pay to play, but then stuff is free in the game? Which model are you going to use? What butchered this game from a community standpoint was that it was pay to play and then pay-to-play inside the pay-to-play. That's what people hated about it, was that it mm. came off as extremely greedy, that you buy the game, and then you're paying to play competitive modes on top of that. So which model are you going to use? Are you going to use the Hearthstone model, where the game is free to play, but then in the game you can buy card packs, and it matters what cards you have, so that uh, getting buying more packs will give you an advantage in the game because you will have all the cards to choose from, Whereas you could still earn them through convenience or by playing. So you could argue it's pay for convenience. It's not like any of the cards in Hearthstone are unobtainable without paying. To me, that's pay to win, kind of. It's where you're buying something that other players cannot possibly obtain. Whereas pay for convenience is that you get it faster than other people. It's Mm -hmm. pay to win within a time frame, right? If you've played Hearthstone a lot, you could technically get all the good cards without paying a dime. Um... Or are you going to use a model where uh, you pay to play the game, but then everybody's on a level playing field of how they obtain cards? Then you can only obtain cards by playing and not by paying. So I just want to know which model they're going to use. Yeah. No, that's uh, going to be very interesting to see what they do. I think they're going to just do what Gruntera does, honestly. Where you which is you play like again? I haven't played it recently, so I don't know if they've changed mm-hmm. anything. But uh, you you play and you just unlocks like chests that open packs. And you can also buy packs on top of that if you right. want to. And the game is free to play. Yes. So that is exactly like Hearthstone. Right. Well, it's Or in it's Hearthstone, similar. you get gold for doing quests, and then you can use that gold to buy card packs. Or play Arena, and if you get a good placement in Arena, you get 
I mean, that's how it used to be, at least. I haven't played the game for I, years, so I don't know I if it changed completely. But. Like, I, I'm not actually worried about the monetization because they know that that's the biggest reason Artifact failed. I just hope that they give something. I don't even care about myself. Like, obviously, I'll be okay. But I know that a lot mm. of people will not be happy unless they feel like they've gotten their money's worth for what they spent before. Like, because they were supporting Artifact before it failed, right? Right. They weren't part of the problem. So I feel like they just getting into the beta might not be enough. But again, we'll have to wait and see. Mm. So really looking forward to the news to come for the Artifact 2.0 beta. Very excited, Cinderin. Can't wait to get back in. Do you think, in. okay, bold predictions time, Shannon. Do you think they will ever host the million dollar tournament yes. they set out to do? You yes. think they will? I think so, yeah. Okay, you, okay this is not wishful thinking. This no, is not actual thinking. expectation. You think they I, will happen? Okay. I think they will, yeah. I That's could cool. be wrong, obviously, but I do. think I would fucking that... love to see that, man. I, I mean, I think I, I think, think original looks... artifact had the potential to be that. I kind think of it game. just looks bad that they never would do it, right? Even if it was a failure, if you're gonna mm-hmm. restructure the game completely, the monetization model, everything, you should hold to your word. I think and just do that million dollar tournament, and that should be like the reveal. <laughs> Although that might Damn. be hard to do with a bunch of people in the beta, but that would be a sick reveal, no doubt about it. Mm. You just have like a bunch of people playing that have never played before. <laughs> like they're so shitty at the game, but they're all playing for a million dollars. That would be sick. I'd enjoy. I'm that guessing personally. this 2.0 will not be streamable. Uh, if they're just going to invite people that are in the beta, I would assume it is streamable, but we'll see. Okay. It sounds to me like they're just going to be super transparent, but again, mm-hmm. we'll see. a lot of this stuff was vague in this blog post, so we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, okay. Okay. Last segment uh, for today is the Patreon mailbag. Of course, we got a bunch of questions from all of our patrons, so thank you guys for that. Uh, we'll do this one first, Cinderin. What from Niv Nav? What is your alcoholic drink of choice? I actually, I have a, I have a bit of a backstory on this one. Actually, that's I'm Dota sure related, know. as a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. Um, at the Manila Major, um. We were at this, we were at a really, it was a very nice hotel in the, at the Manila Major. That was fucking awesome. And very they had, nice. Uh, it, was, it was very nice. Um, it was. The best buffet I've ever, breakfast they had, buffet I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, the buffet was amazing too. They had, uh, they had a, a nice selection of, of drinks there. And I was like, okay, I want to try something. So I tried this drink called Amaretto Sour. I didn't really know what it was going to be. And I fucking, it was love at first taste, man. That shit was so good. And now it's kind of, after that, I kind of. I don't know. I would say I've became a little bit of a disciple almost where if it's on the drink menu, if I'm out and having a drink with someone and it's on the drink menu, I'm like, you guys, should, you should really try this. It's really good. It's kind of I'm a connoisseur, I guess, in a sense, not like I don't drink it a lot or make it a lot or know a lot about the differences. I'm just a super big fan of it. Connoisseur is probably the wrong word. Anyway, uh, love that drink. I think you would like it. I know you don't drink much, uh, but it would be your kind of thing. Uh, I believe I'm not wrong if I'm saying that you're mainly into not like very strong drinks. You call me a bitch. You don't like. You call me a bitch. No, that's that's you're not correct. Exactly I'm a big bitch is, when yeah. it comes to alcohol. I hate okay. alcohol. Um, do you like? <clears throat> do you like almonds? Eh. Or marzipan. I've literally never heard that word in my life. Wait, what's that? Isn't that called that in English? Did you say marzipan? Yeah. What's that called in English? No idea what that is. Somebody <laughs> educate me on this. <laughs> Isn't it just called that? Is it an alcohol? Okay. No, so it's it's a type of it's used in a lot of desserts. It's made from ground almonds and sugar. 
and you'd like grind the almonds really, really small, and then they start becoming like getting this sweet quality to them. Um, okay. Anyway, uh, that liqueur is like that. It's it's an almond liqueur, but it's obviously liqueur, like, it has yes. this sweet taste, and then it's a sour. So it's with lemon juice and sugar. It's really nice. Um, okay, that's my favorite drink. So that's a little story about that. Discovered it in the Manila Major, and I've had it in a lot of different places since. And I love getting it if it's on the menu, or if it's not, asking if they still make. To be honest, boy, I wish I had any kind of story. Um, as mm. I've said before, I am mega not into alcohol. I don't like drinking at all, uh, not even casually. Um, if I had to drink, it would be like a fucking i was trying to think of something more fancy cinder but it's just a wine cooler just like those like mm. i think they're considered like super white trash and <laughs> super girly but basically the more sugar the better okay like back in the day oh, when you i would, like my drink then yeah probably if, it, if it's sugary i'll like it um like okay. back in the day when i used to go to partes in the, the old high school slash college days and i was forced to drink the one thing that i would actually be a little bit excited about was called a cherry bomb, Cinderin. I probably will never okay. never drink one again because it makes your heart race really fast and I'm afraid of getting a heart attack now. But it's essentially cherry vodka with mm-hmm. some sort of an energy drink. And the one that I liked oh, that I first tried yeah. it with which was called, it's an energy drink called Sako. I've never heard of it. I've never even seen it at a store before. But people try it with Red Bull and whatnot. It's not quite as good. But yeah, okay. so cherry cherry bomb. Uh, second question is from GG Gamer. Do you think with all the bad PR that Artifact had after its terrible monetization came to light that it has a chance of bringing both old and new players? I know it depends on how much the game changes, but using No Man's Sky as an example of a game changing in a positive way, there's still a cloud that will always be surrounding the game. It's a really good question that I don't think I really have any kind of answer for because this is unprecedented for a Valve game. Um, I think I have an answer. Please. To an extent. I think the game will be significantly smaller than the original was, like Could the original prog- prognosis was for the original game. I think mm. you've lost a lot of people along the way that will never come back. And now the goal is to get all the people that were on the fence or tried it and liked it, but then stopped playing such as me, for example. I haven't played Artifact in a long time, but I was genuinely excited and liked the game. I'm the kind of player you can get back. Uh, there's a lot of players you will never get back, and that's a shame, but that's how it is. The game will, hand on heart, there's like, honestly, I don't think there's any way it will get as big as the original game could have been. But we can hope that they do a good enough job that it gets big enough, if you will, uh, to make well, it, it a great it's game. It's not just that. But, I agree with everything you just said, but it's also that since this since just a year ago a lot has changed runeterra mm. is now out and that is considered like the big boy on campus in addition to magic in addition to hearthstone it's right. pretty fucking crowded let's be real yeah and i tough. think one thing that we've proven is dota players don't like anything but dota nobody played underlords nobody played artifact most of the player base does not care about any other game but dota which is unfortunate but think- sad reality I think the No Man's Sky example that GG Gamer mentioned is a great example of this exact thing where a game was super hyped because of its potential. The launch was an, a monstrosity. Tons of people left or refunded the game, got upset, never came back. 
and some people that were genuinely excited stuck around and now it's a much better game from what i've gathered i have not played it i have to say but i've seen some of the like community feedback and the overall like attitude toward the game that people are showing where it's a much better game than it was initially when they launched it but like the original expectation was that this would be the next big thing and there would be mm. millions of players and it's just not that big right um and i've talked about this i think we've talked about it on the podcast i also talked about it on my stream that i feel like there's a curse right now around gaming where games on average they just get released too early they really do like, take your time to finish your game. It might cost you profit short term, but long term, it will be worth it more more than more often than not. I think. Like, first impression is huge. I'm obviously not an expert here, and I think the big problem is uh, the stakeholders that want a return investment. They've invested into the game. They're putting pressure on the developers. The game needs to be launched now, and the developers are like, "Okay, we got to put it out now. We've made a promise or whatever." That is something that. We've had games in the past that became greats because they took their time. Warcraft 3 was delayed, for example, originally. It was supposed to come out earlier. They delayed the game. Um, I, I th Did we talk about this in the podcast right now? I, th I think it was on my own personal stream. I, I said, by now, in this day and age, if a game gets delayed, it gets me excited, actually. In the past, when games got delayed, people would get frustrated and be like, You're oh, a fan of edging? looking forward Tinder? to games. I like when games get delayed because to me it shows that the developers care about the end product and they're not going to throw some shit at me that just needs to get done and get thrown out. I just right? learned a lot about your sexual life right now. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> no, but, so, no, but lot, for man. real though, like there's mm. so many games right now that get, there's like early release or pre-order and people jump on these pre-orders because they're excited and then the games have to come out and they're just not ready yet. Like, no, I would true. way rather just wait another half a year for a game to be done. The perfect example I have right now about a game I'm excited for is uh, Super Meat Boy Forever, where I really loved the first Super Meat Boy. Super Meat Boy Forever has been postponed twice. It was supposed to come out last year. Then it was supposed to come out last year again. And they just made an announcement saying the game isn't ready yet. It will be out 2020. I'm like, cool. Tell me when it's ready and I'll play Thank it. God, I can't wait. wait. No, I mean, way rather so that than that they put in a shit game, right? Like... Mm. And if you think back, like, I don't know, just five or ten years ago, when games got delayed, people were like, oh, fuck, man, they haven't worked hard enough, you know. They should have met the deadline. Now I'm not interested anymore. For me, it has the direct opposite effect right now. I feel like there's been too many games lately that are just not done or not ready when they get released. One of the big victims of this, or big sinners, if you will, is probably Blizzard, um, where they could have taken more time to make sure things were implemented correctly and good before they got launched. Every... Game developers kind of made mistakes lately, I would say. A lot of them, at least. But yeah. some are doing a good job at taking their time. See, Artifact helps. wasn't necessarily that. No, it was. They... I'm not saying Artifact was released too early. They, they made a, a different kind of mistake. That was yeah. not about... Exactly. It was not a too early release. The game was functional. They did some bad systems that... The problem was not with the release time. It was that they didn't do internal testing correctly with the beta, I think. We should have tested the systems that they wanted to implement, but it's difficult to do with the way they wanted to run it. Um, but yeah, as far as, um, as other game developers go, just two early releases, unfinished games. Uh, I think the Take genre that probably suffers from this the most is RPGs. Like RPGs getting launched because people are hyped, you want to get people on there, you want people to subscribe, and then play for a month, and you realize the endgame content isn't done yet. There was a game I was super excited for in the past called Age of Conan, which was actually super promising. Mm. It just wasn't finished. 
and then I quit. There was nothing to play. And now maybe now it's a great game. I don't know. They've updated it a lot, but at the time it, it wasn't done. So that was a shame. Okay. That's my rant or my monologue, Shannon. That was not a rant, but thank you for no. calling it that, Cinderin. Uh, some uh, people would maybe consider that a rant. I don't know. Because yeah, I talked too long. This was an interesting episode. We had a lot of random like drama <laughs> that was yeah. interesting to talk about. So we, I don't know what we're going to call this episode. We'll think of something good. Anyway, uh, Cinderin, have you seen in Bruges? No, I've not, Shannon. We're, you know, we're stacking movies that you need to watch. Uh, is is that how are you setting the rules here i'm pretty sure i'm setting the rules Cinder, i'm choosing I, well it I makes more watch. sense after this episode because of the edging comment i made i, I guess <laughs> it's the same with movies you just you're too excited you just can't see it i understand now okay anyway thanks for watching thanks for listening thanks again to our amazing uh patreon supporters you guys are amazing you guys are awesome uh definitely yep. blew us away with your support uh, keep and your questions if you're looking, coming. Yeah. If you're looking to support us, uh, obviously you go to patreon.com and then the podcast is called We Say Things. So I, I believe it's just as simple as patreon.com slash we say things. Right? That's right. It's I on the top so. left of the screen, Cinderin. Very go. good. It's already showing in the overlay. I'm not looking at it right now. Perfect. Yeah. So if you guys want to show some love and support us, uh, it's a great way to do it for uh, for the podcast. But like we said, the first week has been great. Um, and yeah, keep the questions coming in the mailbag. We'll pick, I guess, two to three every episode, I think is fair to say. Something yep. like that. Um, Depending. If, if you guys so. have shit questions, we're not going to force it. You know? yeah. yeah. So ask good questions, okay? Please. <laughs> okay. Please, God, ask good questions. All right. <laughs> thanks for watching. Thanks for listening, guys. Until next time, Suns Fan Center and signing out. Bye. Goodbye. We say things that don't mean anything. But thanks for listening.